Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined this week by... I'm Pierce. Hey, guys. And we're laughing because we just talked... We just did 20 minutes of this episode. I was going to say it's been at least 20 minutes. Without recording. Without a single moment it's recorded. So... And there were some gems. There were, there were some really nice gems. We'll see what we can recapture. But we didn't actually get that oh, far because we had to stop and look up things a bunch of times. So, <laughs> welcome to Jersey Shore. <laughs> welcome back to our Netflix series. Where we discuss movies that are available on Netflix Instant Watch. Uh, we talk about them in three sections. We talk yep. about them in a mostly spoiler-free section. Yep. Nothing you wouldn't know from, say, the TV Guide description or the back of the DVD case or the Blu-ray case, that kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. IMDb, uh, Netflix, look it up. That yeah. kind of stuff. Then we talk about it in a recommendation section. Things that make us think of this movie or this movie makes us think of in media. So, other movies, television shows, books, comics, weird dream you had that one time, uh, you know. <laughs> Something, you know, a symbol that appeared on your toast, you know, next to the Virgin Mary, whatever. <laughs> whatever it makes you think of in terms of media. And then we talk about it in a full-blown spoiler section. Now, this episode's a little bit different in that we're talking yeah. about the movie Fargo, uh, the Coen Brothers classic. We're also going to be talking about the first episode of the Fargo television series. Now, this episode was not recorded like a month and a half ago or something. The whole series has been aired, and at least the first season has all been aired. We've just only seen the first episode. Spoilers, we liked it, but we've just only seen the first one. So when we get to the full spoiler section, we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. But, Pierce, this was your choice. Why'd you pick Fargo? So, man, it feels weird that I'm saying all of this a second time in a row. But not for anybody listening, yeah, because they don't know. Very true. Oh man, I'm so busy that all that's gone forever. Basically. And I will sum it up, the Minnesota accent. That is really the summation of it all. My parents love this film. I think a couple of the films that we've chosen, at least that I've chosen, have been things that my parents really liked, and they quote someone often. I think there was at least one other that I, that I suggested that, that was the same way. I'm assuming um, I'm for a dream. Oh yeah, my parents <laughs> really love that whole scene with the dildo. Oh, that's really right up there, Alec. No, um, and so, like, they quote it, and so, I don't want to say I have fond memories, because I, I don't think I watched this as a kid. I think I was at least a teenager when I watched it. But I saw it was on there, and in apparently my fashion, which is unlike anything that I actually watched, it is a dark comedy, and I appreciated the comedy side of it, and so that's kind of why I chose it, so. I had also seen this movie before. This is not the first time I'd yeah. seen it, um, and I really like it. I'm... I don't want to say hit or miss or 50-50 with the Coen brothers. I'm like 75-25 in that. I like most of them. Most of the movies they've made, and they've made quite a few. Yep. But then... And we kind of listed them in the previous... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can list in your head the Coen brothers movies. But I'm not a big fan of, like, say, a Raising Arizona. Or there's another one or two that I've seen that I was like, yeah, it just doesn't connect. But this one, Big Lebowski, Barton Fink, I like quite yeah. a bit. And see, like... I, I, I love Raising Arizona. Oh, and No Country for Old Men. Love that. See, that's the one I hate. That is the one that I'm just like, this goes nowhere, and it doesn't even tell a good story, and everyone's awful. And the bowling scene at the end, I hate. So, because um, it takes place in a bowling alley, technically. 
The movie ends with him murdering a preacher in his bowling alley. <laughs> Pierce has confused No Country for Old Men with There Will Be Blood. You're absolutely Which is why right. I was incredibly confused, because I'm thinking, you're thinking, are you thinking of The Big Lebowski? Because bowling. Yeah, no. Uh, I totally confused the movies there. And I have not seen Old Country for No Men. No Country for Old Men. That. That's a very... You really haven't? It's very That's good the movie. one with the sawed-off shotgun, right? There is a sawed-off shotgun. Like, the main character walks around with a shotgun. He walks around with a cattle gun. I think it's, Okay. And right. there is, at a certain point, he uses a silenced shotgun. Something I've never that's seen anywhere right. else. Silenced shotgun. It was something about shotgun And it's not the main character. It's the villain. Yeah. It's oh, the okay. villain. But, uh, is he the villain? I thought he was kind of like... Anti-Chigur? Yeah. I thought he was like the anti-hero. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but... No. I would not classify him as any... Brand of hero, anti pro, or okay, between. all right, no. fair enough. So I totally confused those, so it's actually good that we redid this because now I learned the difference, and I, for whatever reason, confused those too. But I, I really enjoy movies that just kind of tell a story, maybe aren't action packed, maybe aren't you know over the top, but like I also a big fan of Wes Anderson movies. My girlfriend hates them, <laughs> like, she refused to watch uh, Grand Budapest. So, I, you know, Stranger Than Fiction, uh, Oh My Doctor to Watch is like, um, uh, what's it called, Invention of Lying. So movies that just kind of kind of tell a story. You I mean, know. That's the definition of 99% of movies. But see, I, and I think... You need, you need to be more specific or find a better way to phrase. But Are you just, saying slice of life or... I, I don't even know if you can say slice of life. Like, how would you describe a lot of... I think Coen Brothers... Wes Anderson kind of have like, a, I don't want to say a niche in their own there, but Big Lebowski has his own pace. Like, it just kind of... The, the phrase that comes to my head, I don't even know if it's even close to being right, but it's like a tone poem. Like, it's just... That's every, fair. Everything's yeah. of a certain tone. and But that, I mean, you can say that about a lot of all-tour things. I mean, in this case, all-tour film, where, where you can go definitely say that with the Coen brothers, which is a little strange since it's the two of them. Yeah. Um, or Wes Anderson, certainly, yeah. uh, or Tarantino, or, or a number of different directors where you can definitely at least study auteur or, or think about whether that's a possibility. I know not everyone subscribes to auteur theory. That's a different podcast only. Yeah, I was about itself. to say, we'll leave that. But why I chose it, I just like a... You more, like Minnesotan accent. I love that accent. Like, my favorite accent is Russian, but like a minuscule step below that, it's got to be, oh, Minnesota. As you keep going into Manitoba instead of the it's Minnesota. It's right there. They're the same thing. No, they're not. Okay. Uh, as a lover of the, of dialects myself, they're not exactly the same. Yeah, and the, the dialect specifically we're talking about here is called Minnesota Nice, um, from what I understand. But it's yep. it's an exaggerated form of Minnesota Nice, which ticks off a exactly. lot of people from that actual area. And I, I can understand that. I think um, if I was from that area, I'd probably feel a little bit offended in just how like, oh, yeah. everybody in this movie... And, and we're in the non-spoiler section right now, but everybody in this movie except for one is just an idiot. They're just a blank slate, nothing going on robot and with a like funny And like I said, not, not even necessarily idiot, but just kind of autopilot. Just, yeah, I, I can get... I, but I, yeah. would, I don't classify that as idiot. It's just, there's nothing going on behind the That's curtains, fair, you know? Yeah. It's just... Just fake smiles or real smiles. Either way, it's too much smiling. Like there's yeah, no level there's of that. So much smiling. That seems okay. It seems like mental illness. And it's, I don't want to. I don't want it to be anyone to think that I'm saying like these characters are poorly written. No, they're written very specifically exactly. to be this. And I think it works. 
but boy, does it not come off as human or normal in any way. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, and we should give the disclaimer, yes, we are from New Jersey. I was about to say, because we have no room to speak, because shows like Jersey Shore piss us off to no end. It doesn't bother me in, in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't? Okay. But I don't care about it one way or the other. I mean, I should give the disclaimer, and we already did in the time we didn't record it. Yep. That, look, we get it. We're from New Jersey. Yep. There's an accent associated with New Jersey, a dialect associated with New Jersey by the rest of the world that, if we're being honest, doesn't really exist in New Jersey, except for a few localized areas. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a Long Island Specifically accent. North Jersey, yeah. We're talking really Bayonne, um, Newark, Hoboken, now those kind of areas. Jersey City, yeah. And yes, that accent's very annoying. I've had yeah. to work up north with some very nice people and some not very nice people. Either way, that accent just makes you want to stab yourself in the ear with anything you can get your hands on. It's awful. I found out, did you know my name isn't Jordan? It's Jordan. <laughs> hey, Jordan, can you... Oh, oh, my Lord. Like I said, some very nice people, some not very nice people. But either way, yeah. oh, the accent's terrible. And this accent, you love it. I find it funny, but also if I had to spend more than the 90 minutes that we spent in the movie with it, I would also be looking for any sharp or blunt object to shove but into see, my ear it now. it honestly made me want to move there. One, because I just love the cold. Like, I absolutely... Frozen sheets of ice, snow everywhere. I love it. I love the cold, can't stand snow. I love snow. People are like, well, shovel it. I do shovel it. I don't care. I want more of it. Two, just, I don't know what it is about that accent, but I could just live there and be happy and... I don't care if it's fake nice, no one's home. I just want to live there. Well, I'm not saying the actual people there, there's nothing going on. I'm just saying... No, exactly. I would not want to slander the people of North Dakota and Minnesota. And to be fair, like... I've I've lived a couple different places for an extended period of time, and everyone I meet is all like, you're from Joyzy. I'm like, shut up, no. So I understand, like, if you're from Minnesota, that area, what you kind of have to go through if you move somewhere else. I get it. I still have the caricature of whatever the area that you live in. So that's that's aside. That said, if you are from Minnesota, or North Dakota, and you do sound like this, no offense, but I'm not going to take you seriously at all. It's Opposite, please record you reading a book. I will listen to it. It's just not going to happen, because I'm going to look at you and I'm going to go, there's something wrong going on if you're talking like that. And then you Snape know, killed Dumbledore, eh? Like, <laughs> Again, Manitoba. Okay, just lay off. Alright, that's the closest I can get. Um, I once, and I'm telling the story again, so I don't know if you've heard the story before, except I do know that you've heard it before now, Pierce. <laughs> but the first time I wasn't sure if you've heard this story, I once went out with, uh, with some friends of mine, uh, well, a friend of mine and some friends of his. Yeah. And there was a, f- a girl in this group, very attractive girl. Yeah. I say girl, she was you know, my age, but... Uh, so, a woman. Well, girls, yeah. And uh, she, and I think the most family-friendly way to put this, is she f- she found a number of accents, Scottish, Irish, Welsh, but also this Minnesota nice dialect, yeah. to be a turn-on, let's say. And so, it was a very weird... <laughs> I can't stress weird enough, but hilarious night of a number of these single gentlemen in the group hitting on her for extended periods of time in various accents, inclu- including those. Including myself, I should say. It I'm about was to say, yeah, you're not innocent in that. So much fun. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, I don't get why you like this one. All the other accents, sure. Yeah. Welsh, Scottish, Irish. I, I, and yes, I understand they all kind of flow into a, a melodic tone. All of, you know, all of them do fit in there. But we're talking like a G major versus a C minor. Like, yeah, they're melodic, but they're different. One is just ear-stabbing, and one is awesome. Or, the others are awesome. so great. So good. Yes, ear-stabbing is so great, <laughs> Pierce. So, anyway, let's talk about the movie. The things we can say 
in the non-spoiler portion, it's about a guy, played yeah. by William H. Macy, who hires two hitmen. Not necessarily hitmen, but they definitely are hitmen. No, I think it's pretty much later. But, but he's, he's not hiring them for a hit. He's hiring them to kidnap his wife. Yep. because he owes a bunch of money to somebody. We don't really know all the specifics. It's There's, complicated. And he wants money. Beyond just owing money, he wants money to be able to start this kind of business idea. I think that's. I think that was all a ploy, but that's. we can get to that okay. in the spoiler section. He needs money, or he wants money. Either way, he's trying to get money by having his wife kidnapped so her rich father will pay the ransom, yep. and then he can split the money with the two hitmen. Yeah. Things do not go well. You've got a pregnant police officer played by Frances McDormand, who's the one non-blank, yep. you know, just vapid person in the movie. She is actually intelligent, and there's stuff going on behind the eyes there, as opposed to every other person in this movie from that area. The two hitmen, they're one's really greedy, one's really violent. They're both greedy and violent and jerks, but they but they, yeah, they kind of have their just yin and yang yeah, of yeah, exactly. Awful. But the yin and yang of all, like but, but but they have things going on behind their eyes. At least one of them does. Mostly greed going on there, but at least there's more yeah. going on than the rest of the people. They're still just awful, yeah. awful people. I mean, they're good actors. Um, so William H Macy, Francis McDormand, Steve Buscemi is one of the hitmen. The other one I recognize him. He's one of those guys that hey, it's that guy, but I can never remember his name. Yeah. The rich father, some other police officers. I'm about to say there was quite a few people. I was like, oh wait, who is? Oh, I don't care enough. <laughs> but it's it's a. Kind of an ensemble movie. There's a yep. couple scenes that I don't feel really add to the overall narrative and could have been cut or trimmed very easily. And and that's what we were saying before. I, on the other hand, feel like something was missing. And if this movie had been like three hours, I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> like, if it had been like miniseries level, I wouldn't have minded. And I, if it had been a miniseries, I agree. Those extra, semi-extraneous scenes that only serve to add a little bit more of character depth... Those are just fine in a miniseries or a television show. But in the hour and a half that But in was, a movie, yeah. like, yes, they add a little bit to the character in those scenes, but not enough to justify that five or ten minutes of that scene. And not enough to explain why that one scene led into a different scene, which we kind of talked about a little bit, and we'll get more into the spoiler In the spoiler section. So. Um, violent movie. Funny movie. Dark movie. It, it's a black comedy, certainly. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's very dark in many places. Um, Which I gotta stop picking that. I gotta pick a cartoon <laughs> or something. I just it needs. Have to you ever happy. seen Old Boy? <laughs> I'm gonna punch you. So we're gonna move on from that session. I actually just watched the American remake of Old Boy the other day. Uh, okay, don't I'm don't bother. This. You, don't okay. Don't bother. All right, I shouldn't bother with the first one. The, the original is very good. The, the the remake. The original was not good. Was close, but it tried too hard. Um, but that's a separate discussion it was for another day. Good. It was a very good movie that you don't like because you can't handle real. Or unreal. Real? Real? You think that happens all the time? Well, on Game of Thrones. It's, that's so real. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> would you recommend this movie? Who would you recommend it to? I would definitely recommend this movie. I think anyone that, that doesn't mind the darker side, which I think is most people. I think I'm rare in that I don't like darker things like emotions emotions i hate emotions no like so just earlier we watched an episode of what was the show that you've been trying to get me to watch uh the show's called utopia so it's a british show yeah. series two starts soon it's never been aired in the u.s you have to import a region free dvd yeah but it's if you can find it or if you're overseas and can find it easily yeah. on itunes or something because you can't buy it here um on our itunes it's awesome but very dark and very adult. Exactly. You know? Like, that is not something I've... 
it, that's not my wheelhouse. Like we've talked before, I have not finished Breaking Bad. You've not. You've watched the first episode of Breaking Bad. Two episodes. Okay. Two. two. Okay. Like you know, all of those things like really kind of get to me. As in, why would I? You know, I'd rather watch King of the Hill or Drew Carey Show, which is what I'm watching right now, and slowly working through. Like all these things, I you know, I'd rather have something fun, and I think that the comedy side of it is present enough that. I would recommend it to anyone who even doesn't like the the darker side of things. So, I mean, it is rated R. I yes, think it earns its R rating, mostly with clearly. language, but also violence and some I would say very clear. And, and just the tone of the violence. Very cold. It's not like a battle scene or anything. It's right. cold-blooded violence. So let's just say that. So not for children or my parents, but for yeah. regular <laughs> adults, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and so I would recommend anyone that likes... That kind of wheelhouse of movies we we're kind of talking about. If you like Coen Brothers movies, if in you general, like exactly, you've probably already seen this. A very times. good point. If you but, love Big Lebowski, you've most likely seen this. So that's really who. I, how about you? Would you recommend it? And to who? Absolutely, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's a great movie. Uh, again, not to children, not to people like my parents, but to regular rational adults who don't mind real life things. Then, yeah, uh, I think. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't, but I think it's one of those movies that's very easy to like. That's fair, yeah. It, it doesn't, like, hold you at arm's length or anything like that. It, it's very easy to get I was about to say, there's nothing that's going to shoot over your head, really. No. <laughs> so, should we move into the recommendations section, Pierce? I think that's, yeah, I think that's a good transition. So, what are some things in media that make you think of this movie, or that you think of when you see this movie, that you would recommend, Pierce? So, I think, first off... Uh, I don't know if this is the, the point where we're talking about the comparisons, but the show Fargo. Uh, yeah, I think we can we can save the details for the spoiler exactly. section. But if you like the movie Fargo, at least based on the first episode, watch the television show Fargo. Absolutely, and and I don't know if you. This is apparently a trend this year with shows specifically of taking well known movies and turning them into shows, specifically more in the horror, darker realm. What's the other thing you're thinking of? Hannibal, Bates, and... Uh, oh, well, that was the last couple years. I'm thinking of something that happened specifically this year. But well, it, Hannibal was this last year, right? And so was Bates? I guess it was the first season. I think Bates Motel, the first season, aired last year. But there is three specific kind of darker movies that all turned into TV shows. Sure. I think Psycho and Silence of the Lambs, or Red Dragon, whichever one you want to go with, all three, I yeah. think those are... A shade or seven darker than Fargo. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so uh, recommendations. Uh, obviously, I mean, we've mentioned before Coen Brothers films. Pretty much any other Coen Brothers movie. Yes, they have the ones yeah. that are less comedy, like No Country for Old Men, yes. or the movie they didn't direct, There Will Be Blood. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the movie they had nothing to do with, as far as I know. But, yeah, I mean, they, they do run the gamut. I think they tend towards more comedies. Raising or, Arizona. At least their dramas also tend to have comedic elements. Um, again, not really No Country for Old Men, but that's kind of I'm an exception. I would say that's the exception, but if you look at the big ones, Raising Arizona, Big Lebowski, tends more, and it tends more towards the comedy ends of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I guess it's Inside the Well and Davis. That I have not seen. That one, I, me neither, but that one didn't look as comedic. It looked good, just not as comedic. So pretty much any Coen Brothers thing. Exactly. A movie I thought about um, the first time we were supposed to be recording this was um, <laughs> Hot Fuzz. Really? That kind okay. of small town, a lot of fun with the accents. 
Okay. Uh, like the old farmer out in the barn who yeah, has the, 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 the very specific things. character types, yeah. And just some of that, the weirdness of the town. Um, and I guess okay. you can even transition that into something like a Twin Peaks. I was thinking about Twin Peaks. I mean, that's certainly more heightened than this. Yeah, but I didn't give Twin Peaks enough of a chance to really, I feel like, recommend it at this point. But I, I've seen all of it. I haven't seen the movie, but I, and wasn't there like a spinoff, like something about unicorns or something or other? There I was a movie. There was a movie. There was a okay. prequel movie released after the show was done. Okay, was um, there? Which I have not seen. I've seen all the show. I, I think for anyone who's like a, a, a history buff for television or who just yeah TV wants buff, to see yeah. the things they should have seen, you know, the classics. Yeah. Or I don't even know if I'd call it a classic, but Twin Peaks is one of those things that if you call yourself a TV fan, you, you should it, at yeah. least watch. Yes, it goes off the rails in the second season. So, even in the first season, it's like, what am I watching? No, no, no. Compared to the first season, it just goes off the rails in the really? second, and not in a good way. But it's, I was not unhappy that I watched it. I laughed a lot. I found it very interesting. It's certainly memorable. Yeah. It's a very different feel, though, from Fargo. I mean, this is heightened in That's a funny true. way. That's heightened in a, did someone slip LSD into the water That's kind true. of way. Fargo, I, and I will say, is aware of itself, I feel like. It knows exactly what it is. Like, I want to say Twin Peaks does, too, to a certain extent. I didn't pick that up in what I've watched of it, but like I said, like I, I didn't give it the extent. full gambit. Yeah, I didn't give it the full gambit. So, I'm trying to think of other films that kind of... Hot Fuzz was a good one. I didn't think of that before. It is more cop-focused, but I don't know too many... Well, we were talking before we started recording about Zodiac. There's, there's a, an actor who's in both movies. Yeah, that was really weird. My manager and I were... Wa he was watching Zodiac at the same time I was watching Fargo, and it was just weird. He was like, oh yeah, the, the dude that's the brother from Drew Carey Show, which again, I'm watching, is so it was a really weird comparison. You know, he's in all three of those. Like, that's really weird. Why? And totally very different, although also yeah. a very dark movie. Very good movie that I would recommend, again, to adults. It's a hard R. But, again, very good. Yeah. Like I kind of mentioned before, it's a switch more, less in the dark direction, more in the, I don't even say comedy, but I think Wes Anderson's a fair comparison. I'm probably going to compare Wes Anderson to everything we ever watch because I love him so much. Again, certainly in the idea of auteur theory, I'll agree That's with you. That's very fair. It's a very specific feel, just like the Coen Brothers films are very specific to them. You can watch one and tell, oh, this this is a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. And they do have a some... I'll say like they share 75% of the same sense of humor. Okay, yeah. But I wouldn't say, oh, just because you like one, you like the other. But there's a decent enough chance. Exactly, So what's yeah. like, is there any specific Wes Anderson movies you would think about for that? And trying to think more towards the darker side of it, I almost want to say the newest one, Grand Budapest, which is just recently released, you know, on all the different streaming ways of sure. getting it, uh, and DVD. That's a little bit more on the darker end of things, a little bit more of the depressing, I would definitely say that. And that's kind of more of the route I'm thinking in my mind here, that What what is a dark... What are dark comedies that we've kind what, of... What's his first majorly released movie? The one that's a heist movie, kind of. Heist movie? Yeah, I can't think of the title. It's available on the Netflix. The only heist I can think of is Mr. Fox. But no, that's no, 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 not this is long before. Yeah, this is like know, early know, 90s or, or mid-90s. Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson. Of course. Um, yeah, that, I guess that doesn't speak for most of them. Yeah, I'd say it's Wilson's and uh, what's-his-name. So, but yeah, it's, it's a couple work, friends yeah. who decide to... 
rob a place. I don't even remember why. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I found certain elements very funny or very interesting, and I didn't really feel it worked as a whole. You know, something that just popped in my head, and we can just kind of talk about it in the sport, but more the, the Woody Allen side of things, maybe? You know, like, um, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the heist movie with, with uh, Woody Allen where they're digging, and they end up digging in the wrong direction? I don't remember. I haven't seen Shoot. a lot of Woody Allen movies, honestly. I did. I that. love Purple Rose of Cairo, and other than that, yeah, that it doesn't You did really say that's one of your favorites, yeah. yeah. Um, but he tends, I feel like, a little bit more towards the darker side of comedy as well. Certainly a, like a morose, macabre sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, Not always, Yeah. But. I was bigger into his films back more in high school. Like, in middle school, I, I went to a film camp, and I kind of got into film a little bit more. And then high school, I kind of was like, Woody Allen! And I started with this more slapstick stuff and whatnot. Um, I didn't really carry out with any film-related things, but I wish I could remember what film that was. I'm really trying to remember, but there's one where they're digging, and they end up digging, trying to dig to a bank, but they dig in the wrong direction. I'm pretty sure that was Woody Allen. It sure. sounds familiar, but again, yeah. I just can't think of the name of the movie. You know, so... And, like I said, Stranger Than Fiction's kind of in that whole dark comedy sense of things. You know, Invention of Lying, which I've been meaning to watch and just never got around to it. And what's the third one in those kind of three? Uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. I would say less comedy, but still kind of that feel to it. And I don't know why it's popping into my head, because there's many, many differences. But it's popped in my head, and that's um, the movie Super, written and directed by James Gunn, and starring Rain Wilson and Ellen Page. Mm, I don't know if I'm familiar with it. It's available on Netflix. It's certainly dark, mostly a comedy, and I liked it, but it's a, it's a hard movie to recommend to a lot of people. Uh, basically, a down-on-his-luck guy decides he's going to dress up like a superhero and start fighting crime, mm. but he might also be completely insane, like, off-the-deep-end crazy. Okay, so we're not talking like kick-ass, this is a kid who wants to dress up. This is a dude who's legitimately far gone. This is a guy who is just terribly depressed and funnels that into something that theoretically could be a positive, but it doesn't really end up that way. Okay. Definitely dark, again, mostly comedy. Very dark, though. And certainly okay. in, in many ways. But So, can you think of any other recommendations? I... I'm kind of running short on them for this particular That's all movie. That's got at the moment, really. All right, so let's move into the full spoiler section. Yep. Where, again, we're also going to be touching on the first episode and the first episode only of the television show. About to say, yeah, a little comparison here. So, so. you're going to kind of have to deal with them being intertwined in terms of spoilers, but again, it's only the first episode. We can't spoil anything else because we haven't seen it. Exactly. So a lot of people die horrifically in this movie. So many people died. I was like, wow, okay, kill your darlings, kill all of them. <laughs> Well, it's a movie, so that makes sense. Oh, that's true. Okay, so let's try and unravel this money situation. William H. Macy. Yes. Mr. Lundegaard, if I remember correctly. He fakes cars. He, he works at a car dealership. Yes. He's the head salesman at a car dealership. He borrows a substantial amount of money to, I guess, insure cars that basically never exist. But he borrowed money with them as collateral. These cars never existed. I only noticed the one. He had a whole list of them. Okay, all right. So you so, see what you saw, and then I'll say what I so saw. So he borrowed this money okay. for something we have no idea. Okay. He somehow, again, loses this money, needs to pay it back before the people he borrowed the money from realize that he faked these numbers. Because they're getting audited, they want the numbers so they can get everything there. So he's got several options. First, he goes to his father-in-law and tries to entice him with this business opportunity where basically you lend me a bunch of money so we I can buy this lot, and then 
I'll pay I'll pay you interest on the loan yeah. and stuff like that. That doesn't go through. So then he goes to this other thing to the hitman to kidnap his wife so he can get the money that way. Yeah. Then his father changes his mind, looks into the lot, but that goes back and forth. Exactly. But all of these things are just to get the money to pay back the loan he already took on the cars. Again, we don't know why he took that. And at least that's my reading of why he did all these okay. things. All these things are in service of that loan that he needs to pay back immediately. See, I didn't pick up on that loan. I noticed that loan. Because you're talking about the thing that he kept writing the codes incoherently for. On purpose, because, you know. That was, in my mind, for the Sierra or whatever that car was. The Tan Sierra. That he gave to the murderers. No, because it was like, the guy said it was like 20 cars that he needed the numbers for. I never heard 20 cars. And he was fudging the numbers on all of them, which means it wasn't just one car. See, because, and I I guess we can, you know, anyone that wants to correct us, please, feel free to send us an email and just like, but you know. even even if it had been the Tansiera that he was borrowing money against and it was stolen, that's not a problem for him. That's an insurance issue that he can just write that off. Basically, it's not a problem. But he wanted it to be kind of legitimate because here's here's the contention with him: he wants to be bad but can't. I don't think he wants to be bad so much as he just wants to be considered a man by his father-in-law. Well, there's that. <laughs> and he wants to pay back this loan. <laughs> Which, again, I didn't notice the loan. I sincerely thought that business venture was legitimate. Where he wanted to make his name known, and this was the parking lot to try to try to step that No, out. I'm pretty sure that was just in service of the money he already owed. Okay. I, I disagree with that, but okay. And so that's why the business venture was legitimate, just trying to get the money... Or just try to make money in the first place so he's not mid-level for the rest of his life. Where he can at least, you know, say, even if I have nothing else, I can retire on this or whatever. Well, that um, might have even been the reason for the original loan he took out. Again, we have no idea what any of that that's, is for. That's very true. But, so he hires the hitman, that goes south very quickly because after they kidnapped the wife... Uh, which he already tried to call off because he thought the lot thing was going to go through and get the money that way, but it didn't. The hitmen get pulled over with the wife in the back seat. They end up killing the cop, then two witnesses. Then they go to this cabin. One who looked oddly like John Candy, but thinner, which was really weird. <laughs> I think anyone who looks kind of like John Candy is also going to be thinner than John Candy. Well, that's fair. And probably from Minnesota, so yeah. And so they want more money, and then they they get greedy, they get violent. Well, specifically, Steve Buscemi wants more money. Because, I mean, when you think about it... They both... Well, no, even before that, they both wanted more money because they had incurred more risk. That's right. Yes, Steve Buscemi was the one on the phone, but only one person could be on the phone. The young guy barely talks. Yeah. So then you've got the cops who are trying to chase him down. That's Frances McDormand. And again, she's the one... Intelligent, <laughs> yes. on top of things. Just, yeah. She is a sentient being... <laughs> Which makes her, you know, in the in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Yeah. In this case, she is the pregnant woman is queen. Yes. Uh, she is. She's very smart. She's very deductive. Again, she has that Minnesota nice dialect, but it it just works as a mask for her intelligence and for how much she's actually doing. Yeah. Like people don't take her seriously, even though they also have the same accent. Even they, they all seem to respect they think her. She's just yeah. some nice lady. Well, I'm talking about like Lundegaard when she goes to meet people, true. but she's putting the pieces together very quickly and very accurately yes. in pretty much every situation. Which, I mean, let's be honest, it was all very blatant pieces in the first place. It's not like it's a 500-piece puzzle. It's one of those ones for three-year-olds, and it's got about eight She pieces. looks smarter because everyone is dumber, yes, yes. but she's also competent. That, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Which, again, you know, one-eyed man is king in this case. So it's her trying to track down the murderers, or the hitmen trying to figure out what's going on. The wife gets killed. The father-in-law gets killed. Yeah. 
the toll booth operator gets killed because Buscemi really dislikes toll collectors <laughs> and tipping, as we know from Reservoir Dogs. He just has a thing with service industry. Yeah, and I noticed that was a, a whole nother, I don't want to say subplot, but just theme throughout of, you know, value and worth of trying to feel big, you know, recognizing that you're inferior, you know, admitting that and rising above versus just treating everyone else like crap in the meantime, so. See, Buscemi dies. Yeah. The other guy, whose name is Gare, I believe, it's G-A-E-A-R, or G-E-A-R, it's not important. Yeah. The point is, he gets shot, the cop, where say that cop and the two bystanders get shot and killed. William H. Macy gets arrested, in the yeah. end, in his underwear, in, which in is like funny. like, the most He's just pathetic. yeah, Gare, yeah, Grimsrud, yep, is the, is the dude. What's the actor's name for that? gruff dude from every movie ever, uh, Peter Stormare, which is a pretty good name. And he, he's in Big Lebowski. Yeah. He's another one of those guys who shows up in a number of Coen Brothers movies. So that's basically the plot. But let's, yep. you know, spoiler-wise, like, what things do you want to talk about specifically with this one? Well, let's, let's, can we talk a little bit about the kind of the, the comparisons with the TV show? Sure, the television show takes several similar characters, and I don't think anybody's supposed to be the same character specifically. No one has the same name. Different names. Different town in Minnesota and different town in North kind Dakota. Similar sounding name, yeah. Yeah, similar sounding. Well, a lot of Swedish and and similar, you know, yeah. that area names, uh, Norwegian names and such. Um, you had Lundegaard in the movie. Have Nygaard in the film, yeah. uh, played by Martin Freeman. Um, yep. Frodo and and John Watson. Which, yeah, I'm going to excuse Tim from the a office. Couple accents in order to be able to get to the nice. Yeah. I <laughs> Bob Odenkirk. Was it Billy Bob Thornton? Because we, we Billy, yeah, it was Billy Bob Thornton. Who, by the way, like I, I feel bad talking out of school, but looks terrible. Like he, he okay, looks, I'm telling you, it's the bangs. No dude should ever have. Bangs but beyond ever. that, he looks like a, a person who was not heavy before, but just normal before, and then got AIDS. Like he looks okay. unhealthy, skinny. Like when we see his torso in his face, he looks unnaturally gaunt. Like he does not look good. He's very good in it, yeah. but there was something very off-putting about, and not just the terrible haircut, but it, something was just did not look healthy with him, which was weird. Which is great because as we're watching it, you're like, you know, that looks a lot like Billy Bob Thornton. I'm like, that's because like, it is. I was like, that's Billy Bob Thornton's sickly skinnier younger brother, and you're like, no, that's Billy Bob Thornton. That's just Billy Bob Thornton. Um, Colin Hanks. Who's only in the in the first episode for a little bit, but I think he'll be back because it's Colin Hanks, and you don't just get him, you know, because you need a, a random person. You know, you get him for a reason. He's a good actor, but it, it takes you know a there's a hitman. Yeah, there's who kind of consolidates the two in a one. Yeah, although I think Martin Freeman might kind of end up being the other by the end of it. We again we don't know. We I'm about seen to say it. this could be very yeah. We have no. You idea have. A uh, police character and his pregnant wife, instead of the pregnant wife being the police yeah. character, but you also have a female detective or p- female police officer who does not start out like Marge, um, Francis McDormand's yeah. character in the movie. But I kind of get the impression that her arc in the series will be her becoming. She has the potential to grow quite a bit. Then. Yeah, she, I mean, in the first scene, I was like, "Oh, they made her dumb in the television show," as opposed to the one smart person. Roles, but yeah. she wasn't really dumb; as just. Young and learning. Exactly, yeah. Especially by the end. Like, there's a lot going on there. I think all the characters have more going on in the show than in the movie. That's very true. In, in terms of seeming sentient, again, <laughs> to put it in the most basic terms. But, yeah, everybody seems to be flipped around a little bit. You have, again, instead of Lundegaard, you have Nygaard and his wife. But yeah. instead of his wife just being a, a big blank yeah. nothing, she's terrible to him. She's kind of awful, yeah. But he's also an awful person who feels emasculated on every side. Yeah, and I wouldn't say he's an awful person to start. 
he oh, just, he becomes that. Yeah, he becomes that. He's emasculated, and instead of rising above that, he deals with it in the worst way possible. He murders his wife. Yeah. And breaks the washing machine. Okay. <laughs> Not right, really comparable. One <laughs> slightly worse than the other, but you know, whatever. I really liked this episode of the TV show, by the way. I Definitely going to continue yeah. on, because that was... Really, really good. Took a lot of turns I wasn't expecting. There's even points where I thought I knew where it was going, and I, point, you know, point blank told Pierce, yeah. this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. And I was wrong. I was yeah. close, but it did not go the same way. And I was very happy with that. It took me by yeah. surprise in a number of places. And and one thing, and this is a bit of a, a, a sidetrack, and we can, we can get back. I don't know how much they can expand this. You know, it's not like something, let's say Hannibal or Bates Motel. Kind of because those are the three that are kind of based off movies this current season. Those you can kind of elaborate, kind of make more of. I don't know how far you can take this unless they just want to invent stuff. And so... I think you take it pretty far because these are different characters. It's 19 years later. That's true, it's set in a completely different time. Yeah, uh, I think you can... I think you can go a lot of places. Whereas, like, Bates Motel is a prequel. Hannibal is... Well, it's a prequel to... Silence of the Lambs, but I think it's mostly contemporaneous with Manhunter. I don't know exactly where Manhunter starts in the story, or Red Dragon. Red Dragon's first, I know that, but I don't know as opposed to with the show. But. Right. I, th- I think it's it's mostly contemporaneous with Red Dragon, I think. I'm not the biggest... Um, in, in, I, I don't have a very large breadth of knowledge in that line of movies, even though I've seen most of them. But this is, again, it's similar characters in a similar setting, but they can take that pretty much anywhere. That's very true. I mean, they take, they seem to take great pleasure in this first episode with subverting your expectations based on the movie. Paying off certain things, mirroring certain scenes, but then taking it in a very different direction. Oh, I know where it's going to go because that's how it happened in the movie. No, it's going to go in this direction instead. Which they do a lot of good homages to that and that's one thing that we were saying. Like, you know, the entering the phone in the middle of the night, throwing the arm around. That. A lot of mirrored shots yeah. or... Uh, Similar lines or similar themes, but again, taking different up, directions. But I'm better now. Yeah, you know, yeah. That whole instead yeah. of the pregnant police officer, it's just an old dude police officer who's mm-hmm. got a weak stomach, played by Bob Odenkirk, who's awesome in everything. <laughs> and uh, I really, again, I really, really liked it. Are there things from the movie? Get back to the movie that you'd like yeah. to see in the show. Like, is there something from the movie that didn't show up at all in this first episode that you're like? I hope they find a way to work that thing in, and why? More or less everything, because I'm assuming we're, uh, the character Molly from the show is going to be the Marge character. I, I think we both agree she's going to evolve into Exactly, that. and I would like to... The, I don't think there's anything in the movie that I wouldn't like to see elaborated on. So, uh, the concept of, you know, the Asian guy. I'm assuming that's kind of going to get worked in somehow there. There's just so much that, like I said, I felt in the movie... Wanted to go somewhere. The sun. Nothing happened with the sun whatsoever. Like, there isn't a sun granted in the story, I don't think. But there is the nephew. So maybe they exactly. could turn him. And they add the whole brother and sister character, who... Yeah. I think there's a sister mentioned at some point in the, in the movie, exactly. but it's not ever explored. You know, and the worst gun that's ever existed, ever. And he got that gun from a guy who had a connection with the base, and then the guy who gets murdered in the episode was a gunrunner out of Fargo. That's very true. So there's probably some connection there. There wasn't really a whole lot of gun stuff in the movie. I mean, yes, some of the characters have guns, but there wasn't like a gun subplot. It was just yeah. people have guns in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, so there's just... I, I feel like everything, even the... Um, wood the father-in-law. Oh. Well, the wood chippers. Uh, the father-in-law. 
who, you know, they just kind of throw him in a trunk, and that was the end of that. Like, I feel like they can kind of develop what happens if he's just kind of missing longer, you know? So there's more that they can do. Father-in-law in the trunk. Yeah, so basically the father-in-law gets shot, and then what you see is you just see William H. Macy pull up, and then you see a, uh, kind of a medium shot of his trunk at the back of his car, really, and it just pops. Oh, in the movie. Okay. In the movie. In I the was movie. thinking in the show. Yeah, was, no, no, sorry. Because there, there is no rich father-in-law character in the show that I can there think of. There is one father character they introduce. But he works at a diner. I can't imagine there's exactly. much money. Exactly. I would imagine probably the brother, if anything, would be the parallel to the father. But we don't know anything about the Nygaard's father. That's absolutely true. Or, or his father-in-law, so maybe that's something they can introduce later. Exactly. There doesn't seem to be any money... Like there's like the big money character, although that could be worked in somehow with the guy who got killed, uh, the bully character. I want to say that's Biff, true because he reminds me of Back from Back to the Future, but Hess, uh, Bob yeah. Hess or Sam Hess, something, or something very simple like that. Yeah, um, with the sons just beating each other up, and oh, like so diving awful. out of nowhere. So awful. The only redeeming thing about that was we got to see uh, a lot of um, Kate Walsh, but <laughs> that's, that's beside the point. And then I like the whole angle of you see the hitman's boss at a certain point. That was Based out of insurance that, that company, so I'd like to more, see more yeah. with that. Could more hitmen come in? How could that work? Again, I kind of want to see Martin Freeman end up working with him and becoming, like, his protege. Yeah. Like, his agent of chaos in this red tide or whatever, you know. No, let me, let me ask you this. Would you rather have them tell the story... Of in, the movie? And not of the movie. Tell, tell the story in their best interpretation and end it or go beyond the story and just kind of start making things up. So let's say Martin Freeman never in reality became a hitman. Would you rather in, see... What do you mean in reality? In... Not... So in the story that In happened, the original movie. In, well, no, no, no. In the true story, blah, blah, blah. Again, there is no true story. Well, this is based on something, right? No, there's a guy... A story about a guy who had his wife kidnapped. There's a story about... Um, somebody who was killed in a wood chipper. There's a story about... Like, the movie says it's based on a true story. I think that was from the original recording that <laughs> didn't happen. Okay. So I don't think we talked about it here. But neither the movie or the show is based on a true story. It has peppered in elements of certain crimes that happened all over the country that the Coen brothers found interesting. But it's not like it was from one thing that happened or even from two or three things that happened. It was from a bunch of things that happened. Okay. Not in in South Dakota or North Dakota or, or Minnesota. It was just... Again, it's not based on truth. I, I don't think okay. you quite get that it's so much as... Well, I mean, I understand, like, there's the old Mitch Hedberg bit about, like, I saw a grill it, and that inspired me to write this movie. Like, I, mean, I, I think it's to the same level that Game of Thrones is based on a true story, because, well, it's, that's completely, because it's based on the many sieges of England and the different power that's struggles there. That's also completely different there. Like, but no, I think it's actually very analogous in terms of, yes, it was inspired by a number of real things that were put through a blender and came out a, a completely different way. But again, inspired by a whole bunch of different things and then presented a completely different way. Okay. Not not a reality thing. So anything else to say about Fargo or the Fargo TV show? Besides, you should probably go out and check both of them out. I'm about to say, definitely, definitely check both of them out. I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't. Kid? If you're a kid, don't. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a cool kid. Uh, What's up, you cool baby? Well, yes. What's, is it cool baby or awesome baby? What's up, you cool baby? I've listened to it for three years straight. It's what's up, you cool baby. Okay. Anyway, so, with all that out of the way, I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. This has been Jersey Shore. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N. Or you can leave us a voicemail, 972 798 
3830 and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter at JordanFRNJersey and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out HHWLOD.com for lots of great content just like it. We didn't actually get that far. We had like a bunch of things. It's my bad. Fuck me. Just hit record because I really wanted a dress action. It's recording right now. Okay, good. You are lucky I am in the condition that I am at this current moment. You're lucky I'm in the condition I'm, I'm more mad than you. Alright. Ready? Alright, please leave this morning. Okay. It'll probably go at the end of the All right, good. Something.